changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today I'm going to introduce you to Jamin Patel. He is a well-known motivational speaker who also wrote his own Bollywood love story for us about how he defied his parents' expectations that he would marry a nice Indian girl from their old neighborhood and instead married the American girl he fell in love with. Jamin, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. For our listeners, Jamin is the founder of jaminspeaks.com. He travels all over the world with his wife and two children, and we're going to talk about that later. He's a wonderful, motivational, and inspirational speaker, but he actually started out as more of a traditional business person. He went to Youngstown State University and got a BS in industrial and systems engineering, which I'm not even sure what that is. Then he got his MBA at the Tepper School of Business at Carnegie Mellon, which is a really amazing technology university. My nephew went there. And then he got a master's in public policy management at Carnegie Mellon also. Mm -hmm. But you went into logistics management at General Mills. You worked at Booz, which is the old Booz Allen, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's a primo job for a recent graduate. But then you started your own thing, Exploration Impact Publishing, and you are jaminspeaks.com, where you are an author, speaker, and coach. So I want to talk about your Bollywood love story, but let's first talk about your motivational speaking business and what exactly you do with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Amy, I think there's a variety of points in our life where we kind of hit these decision points. And four years into being a management consultant at one of the top management consulting firms in the world, I had what most people would consider a dream job. And me, people kept asking me, you know, how did you do that? You know, because I, I was also very young, right? So I was only, I was 23 when I got hired. Uh, to give a comparison, one of my MBA classmates who also got hired into the same class as me was 32. So um, the years of experience is usually much higher, but I was able to get in at a much younger age. And people kept asking me how I did that. And um, after achieving what some people might call uh, some level of success, I got to that point that I was, I was talking about earlier where I had a choice. I could kind of continue on the path that I was and go become a partner at this firm or, or whatever might happen. Or I could you know, turn around and look back and see all these others who wanted to get to a similar place and, and help them and share my experience. And I decided to go that route. Um, I've always just been really drawn to kind of helping or teaching, facilitating. And um, I decided to write a book, uh, my first book, and uh, is all about teaching people how to um, build relationships, uh, you know, develop uh, rapport, drive influence in order to achieve the career outcomes that they want. And so I wrote my very first book uh, and, uh, you know, left consulting behind and um, started doing some speaking and started getting paid to speak and then went to coaching and I've been out design curriculum for a variety of universities. I speak at corporations and do keynotes and it all comes down to that piece around relationships and how important they are to achieving anything that you want, whether it's career success, personal success. And I get to now travel around the entire world 
um, and get paid to speak to audiences and to teach them some real skills, but also just inspire and motivate them. Well, I know we're taping this with you while you're in Bali. What are you doing in Bali? Are you there for work? No, I'm not here for work. I'm here just for vacation. Uh, you know, the nice part is um, when you kind of are a world traveler uh, in speaking, you can kind of really be located anywhere. And uh, as I talk about in the, the story in, that that's in Chicken Soup, my wife is just as crazy as I am. We've both individually been to over 50 countries uh, on our own, and we love travel, and we want to instill that passion into our children. And so we're very much just like pick a point on a map and let's go live there for a while. And right now, that happens to be Bali. Oh, my goodness. All right. What's the name of your book? Because I want to go work in Bali. <laughs> so uh, if you want to find about my, my books, they're, they're around similar topics for different niches. So I have one that's for students and one that's for professionals and then one that's for graduate students. But it's all under how to network like a rock star. Now, how would you give some advice to a lot of my listeners who are not necessarily in the middle of business careers but are looking for fulfillment? They're looking to bring passion back into their daily lives be productive, be fulfilled, and feel like they are accomplishing something. What are the tips that you give to business people who you could also share with non-business people? You know, Amy, what it comes down to is that everyone is seeking some kind of opportunity, whatever that might be, right? And all those decisions around the opportunities that we get to enjoy in our lives are made by specific influential individuals who hold the power to make that decision, whatever it might be, whether it's, you know, we have a home business and we're trying to do that or we're trying to get onto the PTA or we're trying to, you know, set up some community event or it, it can be career related or, or, or whatever. And so every, the, the main thing that I teach that really surprises and just opens up people's minds is I teach them how influential individuals make decisions. And I summarize that in four words. Whenever an influential individual meets you, who can help you achieve a certain opportunity that you're looking for, they're mentally going to place you in one of four buckets. Yes, no, maybe, or rock star. And everyone in, in life has been taught, well, you got to position yourself to be a yes. And, you know, if you're applying or you're connecting or you're networking or whatever you might be doing to get that opportunity, if you think about it, if every single person positions themselves as a yes, well, then you're not doing anything to differentiate yourself. And so what I try to teach people is that you got to go beyond trying to be a yes candidate and move into that rock star category. And that's exactly what I teach. And, and the key component of that is that the driver, if I have a bunch of great candidates that I can make a decision about, the one I'm going to be drawn to the most is the one that I feel that I know, like, and trust. And so what are the ways that you can build that know, like, and trust factor with these influential individuals so then you get those opportunities, your children get those opportunities, your friends and family get those opportunities, because now you move into the separate category that, yeah, well, on paper, you look great, but now I also know you, like you, and trust you, and I want to give you that opportunity. Well, that makes total sense to me, because I know even when uh, med students are applying for residencies, they're a yes on paper to go and get the interview at the different residencies, but then they have to go beyond that and be rock stars for the people at the different residency training programs to say, okay, you're going to fit in beautifully with all of our people. We really like you as a person. Right. right. So yes is like your credentials, but rock star is how you make people feel when you meet them. 
Exactly. Yep. That's it. And and that's what I what I have the honor of teaching. Yeah. You did mention something about people who have influence over your your life and expectations of you. And so after our break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about your Bollywood love story and how that involved your family's expectations. And they were definitely the influencers in your life back then. So we'll be right back. It's going to be juicy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, we're back with Jamin Patel, and we're going to talk about true love and family expectations, and we're going to get very chicken soupy now. So, Jamin, you gave us a great story for Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Miracle of Love, and you call it Bollywood Dream. Set up the beginning of it for us. Yeah, you know, so I, I, I grew up in the U.S. Both my parents um, were actually born in Africa, but, but were, my family is Indian. So even my grandparents were very crazy travelers. Um, but they came here to the U.S. and I was you know, born here in the U.S. And so I grew up between these two cultures. And at home, I was in love with my Indian culture. I was helping my mom cook in the kitchen all the time, taste testing all the food, new spices go in. You know, um, I watched Bollywood movies. I used to be a Bollywood dancer and choreographer for a long time. And so um, I was very interested in this culture. And along with that came these cultural expectations for that to continue. Obviously, you can imagine immigrant family that's in a new country, they really want to hold on to the culture and not have it feel lost. And so for my parents, it was very important for them that the partner I chose in my life would have the same values and morals and tied to their um, culture and religion, et cetera, that I would have uh, and that they instilled me with um, at that age. And so the expectation was that, you know, I would marry an Indian woman. However, it was not just an Indian woman. They wanted her to be Gujarati. And Gujarati is a state in the U.S. where my family comes from. <laughs> and not only Gujarati, but she also should be a Patel. Now, not all Patels are related, <laughs> so don't get worried there. But it, 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 it just kind of uh, it indicates a certain type of, uh, you know, of, of a class or um, uh culture, right? Like a subculture of the, the Patel culture within the Gujarati culture. And, and that was it. But, but if it was possible, you know, it'd be really sweet, the cherry on top, if I was able to marry a Patel that was from these five specific villages that my family uh, heritage is from. So, so no big deal, right? Um, just had to be super specific. And if I could do all of this, my parents would be just overjoyed. Uh, um, if I can make that happen. And, uh, and for me, growing up between the two cultures, I found uh, a draw to kind of really finding my own way. And when I decided to leave my, my corporate job and travel the world full time, it put me in a position where I couldn't necessarily um, provide those things that, that women who, who were raised the same way as me wanted, which is stability, family, you know, uh, the parents living down the road or with them. And, uh, and it led to a lot of, um, you know, just a, a lot of dead ends 
uh, in terms of dating or courting or relating to, to partners that my family would set me up with. Yeah, you said in your story that you went on arranged dates for a decade with no results <laughs> because it just wasn't right for you. And then you went ahead and how did you meet Ms. Wright after all that time going on all those arranged dates? Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, my parents would keep introducing me to this woman and it kept ending the same way. And uh, it just really was frustrating. I, I hit this point where I was like, I can either live this life that I love living and traveling and inspiring people, or I can have love. Like I couldn't have both. And it's just very, very tough. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew in my heart that I, I wanted to go the world. And along those travels, it took me to Seattle. And um, I was speaking in Seattle at the University of Washington. And uh, I, grew, I went to Facebook and said, okay, who do I know in Seattle? And a woman popped up that a common friend of ours had, had introduced me to many years back. We had had a little bit of a chat, and it didn't go anywhere because geographically we were in different places. So I reached back out to her, and we connected for a little bit. And it was a really beautiful, maybe two hours of time, but it just felt really drawn to this woman. And um, it turns out about six months later, um, we were both speaking in San Francisco. So she's also an author, speaker, and coach. And, uh, and then we kind of reconnected, and our love really blossomed there. So did your parents eventually come around and accept your decision? A little bit. So um, my dad is um, much more accepting and much more um, involved and, and, and things like that. My mom is still very... Um, you know, maybe hurt by the decision, um, you know, not interested in uh, engaging or interacting with my wife just yet. Uh, my whole entire family, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, all love my wife, you know, my dad, like they're all, they're all in it. And she's, you know, she's my mom, right? And she's one filling those values from a young age. So I think she's the most surprised and uh, everyone's saying it's just going to take her some time. And um, so, yeah, I'm just giving her that time and space to do so. So she hasn't quite come around yet, but um, the good news is the rest of my family is 100% there, there with us. Well, I've read so many Chicken Soup for the Soul stories about situations like this, so I know she will come around. Mm, thank you, Amy. Thank you. She will. So now you travel with your wife and your two children, and you're traveling all over the world and living wherever you want, which is really cool. How old are the kids? Will you be able to do this forever? Yes, the kids are very young. The kids are two and a half and 14 months um, out of this recording right now. And um, my oldest son, he has been to over 10 countries and about 25 of all the United States. And my youngest, the 14-month-old, has been to uh, six countries and about maybe 22 of the United States. So, um, so yeah, so they've seen a lot. They, they don't remember a lot. But they, what I think is impacting them is they're much more social, much more curious. You know, they, um, they love kind of seeing a new house. And actually, for their age, I think it's perfect because they kind of get bored of the same toys or the same space. And so we have explored literally, Amy, you know, we're, we're like driving around in a new country and my wife and I look out the window like, oh, look at that playground. That was so cool. They put it, you know, we put it in our maps and then the kids get to go play on that cool, cool new playground in some new country. Um, and so, yeah, right now our plan is, um, you know, they're young enough for they're not in school. So we want to continue it for as long as we can. Um, and then when it comes to making the, the decision about school and travel, 
you know, and at that point, we'll make some decisions. Early childhood education, obviously, is really important, very important to my wife. And so I think we, we might maybe settle down for a year at a time, giving them the opportunity to enroll in a program and then spend the rest of the month traveling or maybe homeschool. I mean, there's a lot of options. And for now, we're just going to cross that bridge when we get there and just really enjoy this kind of life of choosing to travel and be parents and do work that's meaningful and kind of make a living out of it um, while spending a lot of time together. I love that. I could easily see you writing a book about that, the two of you. Mm, Thank you. Because I think people are fascinated by that concept of basically chucking it all, not living any particular place, traveling the world with computers and all the new technology. Everybody is so much more mobile. It's like the world travels with you. Yeah. And so... I mean, I was talking to my husband the other day. I said, maybe we should just sell our house, sell everything, not have any possessions and just go, just live places with our computers. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's the way to do it. And uh, it's so much easier now to do it that. Is, yeah. So you're going to write a book about that or, or at least a chicken soup yeah, for the yeah. soul we'll, story, we'll, right? <laughs> we'll have to do some kind of collaboration or something. We, right now we do have um, a YouTube channel where we create different videos around traveling with kids or travel hacking and getting, you know, cheap airlines and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we call it the life of and. And so um, it's the beginning and probably all the content uh, one day might show up in the book. Who knows? Oh, that's great. Well, Jamin, thank you so much for joining us today, especially since it's the middle of the night where you are in Bali. To learn more about Jamin Patel, you can go to his website, jaminspeaks.com. And Jamin is spelled J-A-Y-M-I-N. You can go to his Facebook or Twitter accounts, which are also Jamin Speaks. You can check out his TEDx talk. You can look him up on YouTube, find that and other things. Jamin, thank you so much for being with us today and for your great story for our book. Yeah, Amy, thank you. This is great and uh, really excited for the book to come out, Jamin. Thank you. And thanks for listening today. Come back for our next episode when I'll share a couple of great stories about how to keep the romance alive in your own relationship. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.